Wonder about the future and how you'll be working and learning? Welcome to You in 2042, the future of work, with your host, Danielle Wallace. Hello, and welcome to another edition of You in 2042, the future of work. Joining me today is Marty Blake. Well, hey, Danielle, thank you. First of all, thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. I appreciate, I really appreciate that. And I'm the COO and a partner at Optima International. We are a sales capability consultancy, and uh, we work with companies like Kraft Heinz, PepsiCo, Tyson Foods, Napa Auto Parts, and others across a multitude of industries. Really, our focus is on helping their sales organizations perform even better than they do now, and both at a leadership level and then all the way right to the front line. It's so wonderful to hear that. And in particular, what I think is interesting is that focus that you have with sales and sales leadership teams, because when we look back from even 2000 until now, we've seen just so much change happening in the world, in the workplace, and in sales. And I'm curious to see what changes you think will actually happen in the next 20 years. That's a pretty big question, Danielle. Like that's that's a you know you said you know you you said in just the last you know 20 21 22 years wherever we are right right now uh, back to 2000 and you know when I reflect reflect back on that I'm like holy smokes what has how much has changed in that time if we think back to that time period and we and reflect back on that and what life was like and it's a bit overwhelming. You know, even slim it down to the world of sales, the place where I live and breathe is 2000. Knowledge was power. Knowledge was power. And salespeople had the knowledge. That was the real currency in the in the uh, uh, in the transaction with with uh, with customers was, hey, I don't know enough about this. I need to talk to a salesperson so they can help me make the best decision. Uh, for my business, and therefore salespeople were able to provide were able to provide that. That's no longer the case. That's not even that's not even close to the case. You think of technology and the fact and and how it's how it's uh, uh, ramped forward. CRM Salesforce only started in February of 1999. Like there was wow. no so so we go back to that time period. Salesforce was in its infancy. The you know big CRM was just starting. That that entire evolution of the sales uh, profession and the tools, all the digital tools, they weren't there. The fact is now we have so much choice. Barriers to entry in industries have have dropped. And so there's so much choice for others to do. And so I look forward to the, you know, you look forward into the future and you say, wow, like in the next 20 years, what's that going to look like? But if we accelerate at this level, this, you know, at the level that we have over these last 20 years, we've got an extraordinary journey ahead of us that has so many opportunities for salespeople to become even more valuable. And, you know, within all of this, within sales itself, sales has to become more of a strategic resource than a tactical resource uh, for, for organizations to drive meaningful relationships and business value and enterprise value uh, with, with customers and clients. That is going to only accelerate. Salespeople are true knowledge workers and uh, are not 
just influencers of, um, of of customers. They are strategic resources for organizations. And again, that is only going to accelerate going going forward. And the need for a strong, capable, educated sales or uh, sales organization and salespeople is is going to is going to grow. So that's so interesting. Those insights from moving from knowledge was power. It's no longer to instead this elevated role the sales professional have as a strategic resource that drives enterprise value. As you're saying, that's driven because of technology, the digital tools and choice at hand. With those types of changes then, you speak a little bit about the capabilities of a well-tuned sales organization. What then are those capabilities that an organization needs to develop? That's what we do every single day as we work with our, our our clients, and really those skills and capabilities that you know that organizations need to focus on, they're quite ubiquitous across other parts of the organization as well. So we're not talking simply about selling skills, etc. It is skills that have great relevance in all parts of the organization as well as actually within people's lives, just their, their, their lives. And, and I, I have a top five list of, what, of, of five areas that and uh, we at Optime and, and myself really believe in that are drivers. And the first one is digital literacy. There are a, you know, an increasing number of tools, applications, devices, et cetera, that impact our daily lives. And that is going to continue. Those that are able to embrace those tools and embed them into their work productively are going to win. You know, this may sound funny coming from a sales capability and training um, uh, consultant, but a lot of people are going to do have to do that without a lot of support in terms of some of those tools and how they work, because you have to have personal leadership to be able to say, hey, how can I make this work best for myself? There's a great deal of difficulty keeping up with the evolution of technology and the ch- and just the rapid change. Do you remember Moore's law? Remember, do you remember the Moore's law? Yeah. Yeah. Moore's law said that, and I think it was back in the 60s, et cetera, said that, that the acceleration of technology, it was talking about the silicon chip, that it would increase in the number of transistors on a silicon chip tw- by, they would double every two years. And so we lived that law. We used to see that graph in classes and in school and things like that. But Moore's law is gone. You know, we are dealing with continual uh, flow of technology into our lives and how that and how that works. So that's the first one: is being digitally literate and being able to embed those uh, uh, those tools into your daily working life. The next is critical thinking. Being able to take in multiple pieces of information from multiple sources and critically analyze those, really come to conclusions based on evidence versus opinion will be key. And if we just quickly think of, hey, that's not just in my you know, sales life and my customer relationship life, that's in life. That's a skill that, that would benefit us all in multiple parts of, parts of our lives. But it's difficult to keep up. Again, it's difficult to keep up because we have so many things coming at us. So therefore, being able to think critically and honing that skill will be key to success. And the greatest salespeople and sales strategists will be that. 
And then the next is empathy and curiosity. So we've gone from some pretty hard things like digital literacy and critical thinking and saying, oh, now I want to be empathetic, all soft and 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 and, uh, and sit back and ask questions. And my feeling is it gets a misdiagnosis in a way from from people. They confuse empathy and sympathy. So sympathy is when I am trying to feel your feelings. Empathy is really about paying attention to another person. It's really about being curious about what they feel and understand and then committing yourself to understanding their point of view. Notice I didn't say agreeing. Right. That is a key difference is that if I have empathy, then I am seeking to understand. I'm not seeking to agree. And this goes hand in hand with curiosity. And it's, you know, being able to ask questions to seek to understand. It's that position of saying, hey, I need to, I need to uh, truly understand. There's some great work that a professor at Harvard has been involved in, and Julia Minson, who, I, who I, I really enjoy her point of view. And she's, she works within the negotiation. And she, there's a study that uh, was done that, that was focused on asking follow-up questions and the power of that. And this is really important for salespeople. Because this is actually a place where we see a great deal of ability to grow is that I ask follow-up questions. People don't usually ask follow-up questions because they feel that they are going to destroy a relationship with someone else by going too deep and pushing too far. They also feel that they should be talking, that they add value through talking and, and, and providing their point of view. You know, it is actually the inverse is that you build trust through asking follow-up questions. And so you can actually come from two completely opposing points of view. There could be political points of view that you have no common, no, no seeming common ground between, or it could just be a business, or it could be just a simple business transaction. If I sit and ask you questions and I follow ask follow-up questions to those questions, et cetera. There is, it is more likely that you will see greater trust and value in what I'm saying, what, 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 uh, in me, and you will ask me for my point of view. I won't. Wow. So, so that is a so empathy and curiosity is 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 absolutely key uh, to to the success, you know, uh, going forward and in the in the, in the uh, sort of next steps, etc. The next sort of goes along with that is flexibility. Being flexible in your work environment, being flexible in your life, being flexible in your in 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 things, being able to really understand. You know, we, you know, the acronym VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. You know, that's the world we live in. I mean, it's well known. You know, so it's, it's not, not nothing new. That's the world that salespeople live in, and the salespeople are going to continue to live in that world where there are changes constantly with with their clients, and they need to be flexible within that to understand. In terms of the work environment, how things are changing within your work environment, et cetera, that there's volatility. You got to be able to deal with ambiguity all the time. It's, it's uncertain what's going to happen and, and things are, are so complex and then getting increasingly complex. And so being flexible helps us to helps us to work with that and helps us set our expectations and our uh, and, and understanding on that. And then finally is leadership skills, not just for leaders. Danielle, like not just for leaders having leadership skills, but these are personal leadership skills. You know, when we look at our 
uh, you know, the organizations of the future. The hierarchy has been, you know, flattened out. The, the, the gig economy, we've got different things happening. We've got people working from home in a more distributed environment. And so we need to have personal leadership. And sometimes, even though we're not the named leader, we're leading a, we're leading a team, we're leading a project, we're leading, uh, you know, we're accountable for results in some way. And so therefore, building leadership skills is, uh, is key. So those are the five core skills uh, and, and areas that I believe are going to be key for the future. Those are very actionable now, even. I yeah. like that idea. I think that I'll apply for ensuring that my team members can have that personal leadership without mm-hmm. the formalities for those individuals. I had not thought of that. Yeah. And the follow-up questions, being able to ask those follow-up questions as a way to build trust, even with opposing viewpoints, that's powerful, Marty. These are great skills that I can see dovetail well, both with that volatile, increasingly changing, complex, uncertain world of more choice and technology, because that need to cut through that complexity with critical thinking and the digital literacy to navigate that augmented with the empathy and curiosity, just really have the nice dovetails to everything. So with all that at play then, what do you think leaders can do to help? It is absolutely uh, required to for, for leaders to be fully engaged with their teams, with their people, and to understand how to support them and how to enable them to learn and grow. What we spend a lot of time with our clients on is building coaching cultures within organizations. A coaching culture is about creating a culture of enablement and personal responsibility and personal accountability. Takes away the idea of do by leaders into into a more creative sense of create uh, for success and performance. So therefore, leaders' skills will evolve and become less directive in terms of telling you what to do and more in terms of people to solve their own problems and, and create solutions and then supporting them. At the same time, it is about establishing mutual understanding of accountability. What are what is your accountability as a leader? Also, what is the account what is the accountability of each of the people who report to you? And is there a real mutual understanding of what that is? Yeah, that's very practical. That's a very actual takeaway I'm going to do. That mutual accountability and ensuring there's that coaching culture, which then directly ties to some of the other skills that you said were critical, enablement and that coaching culture really supports people through that. Yeah, exactly. This is brilliant. I love how this all comes together with very actionable tips that our listeners can take away to set the stage now to ensure that future success like now really is this time to harness these uh, this advice marty with that then where can people contact you how can people reach out to you they can visit our website at optime.com that's o p t i m e.com uh, to learn a little bit more about what we do personally i'm on twitter at marty blake twitter and also on linkedin uh, you know welcome any 
uh, questions, comments, challenges, uh, etc., and uh, uh, and look forward to you know having a discussion with anybody who has an interest in sales and uh, and is passionate about it uh, like we are at Optima. Fantastic. And I do encourage people to really set the stage now to ensure that we can harness the power of the future workplace. Thank you so much, Marty. Thank you very much. 